This is our second part of Tech Talk with Cindy Robinson from the Kid Factory. Yeah, we dive in a little bit deeper here in the continued conversation. Where we're talking about proper use of screens for young brains. What have you, have you learned some stuff so far? Yeah. Ready to dive into episode two? Uh-huh. Let's be more responsible in how we use our devices and give it a listen. Cindy Robinson. Part two. Turn up now. Hey, friends. Welcome to the She Sounds Like Me podcast. We're your hosts, Rachel Leigh Hoffman. And I'm Sila Grace Hoffman. We're a mama-daughter duo that works together, plays together, and tries to figure out this crazy world together. <laughs> yeah, Mom. And we're super grateful you could join us today. This is the She Sounds Like Me podcast. She sounds like me. 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 Welcome to the She Sounds Like Me podcast. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hold up, Mom. Before we get this party started, we gotta let them know the goods first. Friends, if you like what you hear, subscribe to this podcast on your chosen platform. Give us a five-star review or join our conversation online at She Sounds Like Me on the socials and at SheSoundsLikeMe.com. Okay, Mom, now let's get to it. <laughs> let's get to it. All right, Sila, here we go. So what you, you mentioned earlier, too, but and, and I love this in the contract. So what is considered... Rude behavior. <laughs> yeah, when, when you, using your device. Yeah, like what is what is what makes it rude? Well, that's a biggie for me personally. So that's why it was important to be in the contract. Is I really um, a I do need to model, and I feel like we do a decent job of modeling this in our house. Um, being on your devices in a time when it's rude, I don't want to lose sight of that. I, I think. Um, we still need to make eye contact with people. We still need to connect with humans. Yeah, so that was socialization really is key, especially when it's so limited. These My times. mom's the queen of socialization over <laughs> here. <laughs> yes. Well, your mom's not wrong. Yeah. And so um, for me, it being uh, perceived as rude as dis- or disrespectful, what I listed in my contract are examples like being at someone's house. So you're hanging out with your friend. Do they really want to watch you talk to your other friend on your phone the whole time? Not really. Um, at the dinner table, it's a really good time for a family connection. Not really a great time for other connections. Uh, at a restaurant, is just a biggie for me. I feel like obviously I'm in the minority. I haven't been to a restaurant in over a year, but <laughs> the last time I went, um, I think most younger kids have a device, but it's a biggie for me that they not be in the restaurant. Um, and just when you're doing something with someone else, you really shouldn't be distracted by your device while someone's talking to you. So I don't want to be talking to my child and he is, you know, zoned out playing a game. And then um, for your teachers while at school, they will thank you for <laughs> setting that right, limit. Right. <laughs> That'll be a few years for, from us, but I can't even believe that uh, cell phones are allowed in the classroom and, and things like that, like you mentioned in your YouTube video. And I know you're an educator as well, so uh, like, super valid points. But how disrespectful is that? I can't school, imagine. Like all the third graders, <laughs> all of them have their phones out. During, third graders? Third graders doing class. They all have phones and they're out, out. Oh, doing not wrong. At school. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> With I did Allison. not even. I'm. I. I am not even realizing that. That, that is, is it's just 
That's so disrespectful. I know. Oh, okay. It's It's a real struggle in the classroom. Let me tell you, more than people realize. And I get the catch-22 of they need devices to do schoolwork. And so, yeah, we're a bit hypocrites in that sense. And I understand that. But, yeah, if everybody kind of worked together on sort of uh, leisure use of devices and it not happening in places when you should be focused, (laughs) that would be wonderful. (laughs) Wow. Wow. That'll be a big one for us when that time comes. That's like a huge no-no. Well, what I like about um, so much of what you said is you talk about some things that, again, goes back to modeling. But in regards to privacy, this is a big one here because Sila is eight Mm -hmm. when she received her device there was a conversation about at any point, I am going to be able to access your device. I'm going to be the one that gives pre-approval for downloading any new apps. Um, we have like a, a two-party approval system in the Apple platform that makes her get permission from an adult, which I appreciate. And then, you know, snooping on her device, there's there's a difference, I think, and it's hard for kids to understand the difference that I want to be respectful of her privacy, but I also want her to know that at any point at her age, I will be looking at the device to either check from messages from people or what sites she's stumbled across or what videos she's watching on YouTube um, in an effort to protect her safety and to pay attention to what's going on. So what's the difference there in the younger age group? between kind of privacy and snooping and protecting that? Sure. Um, yeah. I Basically, what, what my recommendations are, because I'm aware of the dangers and the risks, um, and I think once you are, you would agree with me, that once your child has any type of device that ever has internet access, whether it be through Wi-Fi or through a data plan, Um, Once they have access to it and you're not actively engaged with them on that device, so you guys aren't watching something together, even if they're across the couch from you, um, I do think it is time for protection. Now, like you said, this sort of snooping versus privacy causes a lot of tension in families, and understandably so. Kids always are looking for independence. That's what growing up is. It's slowly becoming independent. And parents are always terrified because they love their kids more than anyone else on the planet. So that's always going to create some tension. My favorite way to go about that, that seems to be um, the most peacekeeping in the home, are two-part series. One, communication. Always talking about all the things all the time, which I think you guys model very well. Um, And then that needs to be followed up as soon as they're on a device that you're not actively watching what they're watching with protection. And that I highly recommend rather than you having the responsibility to go onto their device and look at every little thing and go down the rabbit hole um, because a lot of those things can be deleted anyway. Um, But instead of that, I would get um, some online safety software. I I have personal favorites, but Um, I would get some sort of software protection because A, that alerts you to things. So you're not having to rely on yourself to know all the apps they use and know how to look up sites and know how to go to, you know, all to figure out all this stuff. Um, But it also gives them the privacy of as long as they're within the boundaries of what's safe, 
what's considered safe for them, you don't you don't have to go through all their business, you know? Yeah. So I really like that balance. Yeah. It really tension out of the family. You explain, here's what we're putting on your devices. This is to keep you safe. And then um, then they know that they have that amount of privacy, you know, so they can be curious about things that aren't dangerous for them while having the protection of the online software, which is a lot better at it than you are, by the way. <laughs> what is monitoring software? So basically, my, I'll use my favorite as an example, um, but there are lots of different ones. And there are ultimately two ways to go about it. One is to have filtration systems. So it filters the content that you might see. So if you're eight years old, Sila, you don't need to see all the things, right? And uh-huh. so um, you could have something that filters that content so that if you Google something and and maybe a, somebody would have put something kind of inappropriate for you to see on there, it won't show you that. The other way is to monitor your contents to let your parents know if something was really concerning. You know, so if um, you had a friend who was feeling really depressed and they told you, I'm feeling so depressed and they hadn't told their parents that they were feeling that way. And your parents would get an alert saying like, hey, there was this text exchange where one of the kids said that they were feeling very depressed. And that way that parent will know, oh, okay, maybe my child, you know, needs to talk to someone. Um, and it's too much to ask for kids to manage that, right? So you really want an adult to know so they can step in and get them the support that they need. Yeah. So that's kind of how it works. But it doesn't tell your parents that? everything you say. Only lets them know if something was said that was concerning. That's key for them to understand, too, because, you know, Sila, I don't want to know. I want you to have private conversations in a way with your friends or that you can trust and lean into each other and um, and develop those relationships without you feeling like I'm overhearing everything digitally, right? But we just had an experience just the other day where you got a text from somebody that wasn't so nice, came out of nowhere. Right. I'm not sure that this a monitoring software would have picked up the tone or the intention behind that type of text. So it is important for us to have good communication when you see something like that now. So you can know that, you know, you trust my response when that happens and that we can help you work through that. Right. Now, if somebody was going to say really bad words, a monitoring software may pick something like that up and send me an alert like Miss Cindy was talking about. Cindy, would you mind sharing which is your favorite monitoring software? Yeah. So I love Bark. Um, It's Bark Technologies. They are just by far the most thorough um, and they've, they've got a phenomenal algorithm. You mentioned earlier about you're not sure if they would pick up on the tone. But actually, they it does a wonderful job of doing that. And they huh. can even just emojis that start to have a not so nice meaning. Um, they're on the cutting edge of that. So even if someone sends an emoji, then it'll let you know like, hey, this emoji sometimes means something that's not so nice. So maybe there's something to be concerned about. Wow. But mm-hmm. what? A, so like not nice emojis, I think of some emojis. But then I think of the medium nice emojis, like the barf emoji and the poop emoji. <laughs> I don't think you're, you probably won't get too too big of an alert on that. 
Okay. <laughs> Are you I using said, those a lot? Yes. <laughs> you'd be getting a lot all day. Well, the funny thing is, it's interesting because there are certain things, you know, especially as Sila gets older, where you can um, say, you know what, I'm not too uh, strict about. With boys, the big one is violence. Uh, they play a lot of rough video games. So you don't have to turn the setting of violence up really high. So you don't have to see every violent alert that comes in. Mm. Um, but then there are certain things like being really concerned about someone's mental health. I think you should keep that on high because you want to know if they're struggling. Yeah. Well, and I'm I'm definitely interested in Bark. I've heard a lot from their um, from their developers and um, the people that are running Bark. I think they're Atlanta based, which is also very cool. Yeah. And I know that you're an ambassador for Bark, so we'll definitely drop a link to um, to Bark in the show notes. And and I believe maybe Cindy, you have a promo code even to try out Bark because that's something we we want to do and and try it out uh, for our own monitoring for Sila's iPad and see how it goes. Maybe we can have a follow-up call or a follow-up interview about it after we've used it for a little while and see, you know, what it's doing for us. Yeah. That, that would be great. And um, yeah, if you go to my website, uh, thekidfactory.org and click on the Bark link, yeah, that takes you to um, not only a free trial, but 20% off of the normal rate, which I think it's around like $15 a month. So then 20% off that. It's worth every penny, let me tell you. Great. Um, We're going to look into that. Thanks yeah. for sharing that cost-saving uh, feature too. So we've got one more question for you, and then we'll wrap it up. I think we could probably – this is fascinating stuff, don't you think, Sila? <laughs> Yes, we're going to Don't d- get any ideas, mom. Please. <laughs> oh, I've got lots of ideas now. We're going to have our I'm going to shrink your brain so those ideas <laughs> pop right out. We're going to have with an the goal Sila, that eventually though you'll have more independence. So, I promise exactly. it's good for you. Thank you. That's a great point, Cindy, and I appreciate that. Yeah, and and it really is trying to just teach you how to use your devices in a way that's more responsible so that you are more independent and you can make your own decisions. So I'm not the one doing it, really. So this Mm -hmm. is a great learning experience for both of us. In the contract, though, you talk about kids agreeing to never use our devices for the The following. You've got a list of those things. Could you list them for us? And then we can talk about maybe what us as parents can do in return. Yeah. So the list is hatred, exchanging inappropriate photos, bullying, getting information or advice from irreputable sites, or sharing private information. Yeah, that's the that's the 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 meat of it, right? And mm-hmm. using and using it for good. Yeah. But what do parents need to agree to do in return? Um, well, their agreement in in response to that is that if their child does violate that room that rule, that they will not be angry or disappointed. They will stay calm, supportive, and help talk you through where to go from there. However, keep in mind that some of those violations might have real world consequences that will be on the parents be beyond the parents' control. Hmm. Yeah. And why is that so important for them to understand? Well, um, Eddie, uh, the reason to, I encourage... To hold up. Yeah. Yeah, the reason I encourage parents um, to agree to not get angry is because um, what 
the temptation, like we talked before in screens, it's people's full-time job to make them addictive. So sometimes kids get sneaky and maybe try to sneak the devices back into their room. Um, or sometimes they still get too curious and want to look at things that they, they know their parents would prefer they not look at. And that's really not a time to be angry or disappointed in your child. It's really a time to say, you know what? You're a child behaving like a child. You're supposed to be curious. You're curious about the whole world. And in addition to that, someone is being paid a lot of money to make you really, really want to sneak this device or look at this stuff. Um, so keep that in mind. So whenever um, a rule is violated, I think it's better to say, I understand that was too much to ask you to do on your own. And, and I'm sorry, I see that you need more support from me. That was too much to expect you to resist doing on your own. And I'm here to help you now. Um, and so that's why I felt like it was really important to highlight in the contract is for parents to understand it's so easy to get mad at our kids. But the buck doesn't totally stop at them, honestly. The, the real responsibility rests on the shoulders of big tech um, and others that aren't kids. So try to not get mad at your kids. If they violate the rules or if they get sneaky, try to just understand that they're just biologically behaving the way they're supposed to be. And they just need a little more support from you. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> this information is so helpful. <laughs> <laughs> well, it sounds like there's some wins for mom, right? Like she'll get to monitor a little more to keep and you safe. And there are some wins for me. Yeah. Yeah. And there are some downsides for both of us. Right. But right. I think together we can work on having better communication and better respect of, of these devices and the power that they hold. Yes. And then... And we got to respect that kids like me, you can't always, we can't always, you can't always expect the most from us. Oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not that good. <laughs> None of us are, Silo. We're all trying our best. Of course not. But I, I do appreciate your the underlying tone of this whole thing, which is, you know, there's no shame in the tech game. We're all learning how to better use our devices for good. Um, as long as we keep open, considerate, and respectful communication among our parents and kids about these devices and, all, and the, the worldwide web and all the wonder and, you know, risk and, and cool stuff and information and education that can be available to us as yeah. long as we use it fairly mm -hmm. and respectfully. Yeah, Could I throw a couple you. of other resources for curious parents who want to learn a little more about this? Please do. That's exactly yes. what I was going to ask next. <laughs> okay, good. And how we can find and follow you for friends that might be interested in learning more. Perfect. Um, first, I would recommend, and this is for parents only, um, unless you have teenagers and then might be okay for them, but I would highly recommend going on YouTube and searching Childhood 2.0. It's a documentary that I think every parents should see. It's the most accurate documentary for modern childhood that I'm aware of. Um, and so I highly recommend you can go on and watch it. It's about an hour and a half. Um, watch it and follow up with me with questions if you have any. I'm trying to do a lot of parent forums right now where I take sort of the how parents are feeling after watching that documentary and help digest it, but even just reach out to me individually. Um, I think it's very important. And then- awesome. 
Another is everyschool.org. It's designed for schools, but I think parents can get a lot from it as well. It sort of takes technology and makes it into this pyramid. Remember the food pyramid about, you know, we want just a little bit of sugary sweets, you know, but we want a lot of fruits and vegetables. It really breaks tech down in that way. And so how you can start using tech smarter, um, which is like for creation and curation and not just for consumption. So um, that's a very nice, easy graphic to look at. So at home, you can start to shift like not so much that we're using tech, but how are we using it? Yeah, I love that because I feel a whole lot better when, like, for instance, she could spend all day on Duolingo or math, uh, (laughs) you know, math games, and I would feel great. It's that I get nervous when it's like a constant scroll of whatever's popping up next on YouTube that I feel like is the sugar on top, right? It's like eating pixie sticks. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. Good to know. That's great. Um, So my website is thekidfactory.org and my Instagram handle is the underscore kid underscore factory. And there you, I'm always sharing, I'm sure you know, always sharing um, whatever cutting edge resources, whatever awesome books I've read recently. Um, As soon as I can get, you know, whatever podcast episode is coming out next, that's where I put everything out. So go there and just start to consume all of this information about uh, parenting and mental health. I try to make it all actionable, digestible, and realistic for parents. I love it. And I forgot to mention at the top of the episode that um, the Kid Factory podcast is a huge resource, not just your social media following and your website, but your podcast is highly highly informational. Is that (laughs) even the word I'm trying to use? Sure, it works. I don't know. We were on her podcast. Yeah. My dad will know. My dad will know. (laughs) He will know the right (laughs) word. He will correct me later too. Yeah. Yes. That's check and that out. I try to have experts on there that we don't always have access to otherwise. That's the goal. Awesome. Well, thank you for joining us today. Thank Thanks you, for Cindy. having me, guys. You're yeah. welcome. We learned so much. Yeah. And we're gonna do better and keep checking in with you. So uh we'll encourage our friends to do the same. And thanks for sharing such helpful resources for both parents and kids. Anytime. You guys enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you, Cindy. Take care. We'll talk to you soon. Talk to you soon. And until then, follow us on social media. Check out the show notes for some of those helpful links that Cindy gave us parents and kids to explore the better uses of tech and how to properly set ourselves up for success in a mutual agreement with mom and kids or parents and kids. Don't get any ideas. Yeah, we're getting lots of ideas. In fact, that's the whole point. And join us next week on another episode of She Sounds Like Me. Bye, friends. All right, before we head out, a quick shout out to the awesome friends that lent their voices to our vision at the top of each episode. She Sounds Like Me is produced by Creative Catalyst Media, LLC. And as always, if you like what you hear, subscribe to our tribe online at shesoundslikeme.com and find us on social at She Sounds Like Me so we can connect directly to you. Thank you so much for your support, friends. Till next time, take care of yourselves and each other. And have an awesome day. Yep, and have an awesome day.